we've gone from having five singles a week to, you know, 100,000 tracks a day. How does the industry address that change? Well, could you explain how Mizio actually uses AI to solve the problems like talk about the technology? We take an audio file and we turn it into a series of highly detailed spectrograms. And then we're able to tell you things about the track. If you have a sync catalog of 50,000 songs and, you know, nobody can manually remember 50,000 songs. So the ability to have a reference track and be able to search 50,000 songs in under two seconds, I think that's incredibly powerful. What were maybe the biggest challenges that you faced either starting out or still to this day? First six months, that Jan to July of 2019, I don't think I've ever been under more pressure. There were points when I was just thinking, is anyone going to sign? I need proof that I can get a client. That's your sort of darkest thought, but also the pressure on when you've raised money. Welcome to another episode of Music Biz and Sounds Podcast by Blanco y Negro. My name is Philip. I'm the host of this podcast. And today I'm really excited to be talking to Hazel, co-founder of Musio. Musio by SoundCloud is a music industry tech company that uses artificial intelligence to automate detailed music analysis, tagging, and overall just a wide range of problems facing catalog owners uh, today. So I'm excited to talk to you, Hayes. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Well, I'm excited to dive deep into the company, Musio. I always love to start by taking a trip down memory lane and talking about the beginnings. So if you could tell us about the inspiration behind studying Musio, where were you at when you started and how the idea came about overall? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the jobs that I've had previously were all sort of gearing up towards starting Musio because my very, very first job ever was I used to work at a record store called HMV and I used to work first in my hometown and then I worked in the Oxford Street store in London. We used to shop at 4pm on a Sunday and then we'd stay late and we'd put the CDs, the CD singles that were available for sale on the shelf ready for sale on Monday morning at 9am because 10, 15 years ago, all new music was released at 9am on a Monday morning in the UK. And that was new music. That was how you found out what new music was coming out. That's how you access new music. And we've kind of gone from there to streaming services having tens of not hundreds of thousands of new songs uploaded daily. I sort of noticed in my time in the industry over the last 15 years that we've gone from having five singles a week to, you know, 100,000 tracks a day. So there's now more music coming out every day than used to come out in a whole year. You know, when I started a company, it was along the lines of how does the industry address that change? Great for the artists because it means loads of people can create music, upload it online. There's more opportunity than ever, which is fantastic. But how do we capitalize on that opportunity? How does any service, publisher, label, how does anyone find anything? How do people know what they have? So that was really the challenge I was trying to solve with Musio. And it all kind of came together in 2018. I was living in Singapore. I'd been working for another music tech company there previously. And I joined the startup incubator Entrepreneur First. That's where I met my co founder who was our CTO and that's where we started working together to work on this idea of how can we solve the challenge of huge amounts of content that's being created on a daily basis so that's kind of where it where it all started. Do you have a background in artificial intelligence is that something you've always been interested about? My co-founder yeah because he was the AI developer he'd been working with AI for like the last 15 years back in the days when it categorically did not work. I really came from the music industry side where I could just see where the problems were and I could see where the gaps are. I had previously worked at Shazam, Pandora. So I had a good breadth of understanding of music recognition and also music streaming. Musio was really a combination of, of both myself and my co-founder from that perspective. It sounds like a really great balance that you guys both balance each other out to make the perfect combo to make this happen. Could you explain how Musio actually uses AI to solve the problems? Like talk about your technology, how it works and the process that it, it runs through to, to analyze the music, tag it and create all the detailed analysis. I describe Musio as a kind of a descriptive AI technology. We're not using AI to create 
create music. We're not using AI to replace musicians. What we're doing is we're using AI to listen to music that's already been created and then be able to add metadata, tell you the genre, the key, the BPM, etc. And so the way that we do that is we take an audio file itself, like an MP3 or a WAV, we turn it into a series of highly detailed spectrograms. And then we're able to tell you things about the track. If you imagine if you're looking at a waveform, an audio waveform, by looking at a waveform, you can see where it fades in, where it fades out. You can see areas of dynamics where it gets louder or quieter. But there are things you can't tell by looking at a waveform, such as the genre that a track is. You can't tell whether it has a vocal by looking at a waveform. But all of that information is there. Instead of looking at a waveform front on, it's like we've gone up and over the top and all of that information is stacked there so that we can tell you the genre, we can tell you if there's a vocalist. So we're generating about 20 to 30 pieces of metadata um, for every single track that we analyze. We're not sort of pulling data from Spotify. We're not using APIs. We're generating data based entirely on the audio file itself. Did you face any competition like starting out? Were there already any existing companies that were doing like a similar thing when you started out? And how did you try to be unique within the market? I always say as well to other founders, there's always competition. And if there wasn't, you should be more worried because that, that means nobody else has thought this is a good idea, which would then make you question if it really is a good idea. So when we started out, there was a, a, a sort of an incumbent in the market, a big company called Grace note that I think were owned by Sony at the time who was selling a lot of uh, metadata but it was not based on the same technology they were not generating it based on the AI file so we were able to kind of come in as a new technology it's somewhat comforting to know that somebody else has thought this is a good idea what's the ideal client for Musio I always say kind of broad stroke it's anyone with a large catalog of music but more specifically we do a lot of work with sync companies and that's because our search technology where you use audio to search for other audio I call it like Google Image reverse search but using audio that's an absolutely phenomenal product that we're super proud of and if you have a sync catalog of 50,000 songs and you know nobody can manually remember 50,000 songs so the ability to have a reference track and be able to search 50,000 songs in under two seconds I think that's incredibly powerful so we do a lot of work with sync companies we do a lot of work with clients that just have enormous catalogs 20 40 50 100 million songs because I always say AI works really well in volume if we wanted to play a song right now and you know you and I were to sit and write down the genre the key the BPM um, we'd probably do a pretty amazing job we might come up with different answers to each other you know we might have subjective opinions on on the genre but we'd be pretty accurate AI is is not as accurate as a human being like a human being would be the optimal but at Musio we currently tag around 5 million tracks a day across all of our clients that's just not humanly possible that's where Musio is really impactful so I always say if you want to tag one track um, do it yourself do it manually um, but if you but if you want to do 5 million Give us a call. <laughs> I'm glad you touched on that topic because one of my questions was like, you guys mentioned that you do balance AI, artificial intelligence with human specialists. And it's all about that balance of like, how can we use human expertise with AI technology? So can you maybe expand more on, on how you combine that? Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that I'm really passionate about. And I think has been a real um, factor in the success of, of Musio, which is we're not just a company of people like my co-founder, who is a brilliant AI developer and a fantastic engineer, but he's not working in isolation. Likewise, we're also not just a company of people like me who don't code, but have a lot of music industry experience. We really are the perfect blend of both. And so once you have people who know music, people who know the music industry, 
working with the best technical experts, you get the solution that fits the problem. And I do see a lot of other companies out there that skew a little bit too far one way. Either you go on the website and you find out they're maybe not doing the tech in-house. That's a red flag to me that that this isn't truly a deep tech company. And then sometimes you see it the other way where it's a, an organization of purely technical people. And I often see the challenge there is that they'll struggle to understand the business use case. Again, right back to that core balance of music and technology and never skewing too far one way or the other. We were talking about clients earlier. And of course, you know, you were saying your clients have big catalogs. SoundCloud has probably one of the biggest catalogs <laughs> out there in the world, if not the number one. Yep. So I want to talk about uh, SoundCloud. You mentioned they, they bought the company. I want to talk about the process behind that. How did it fit into the company's strategy? I mean, it sounds like it was a perfect fit. I would love to know more about how the SoundCloud decision to acquire music was like. I mean, you're spot on there with that comment, who's got a bigger catalog? Because SoundCloud has that ability for anyone to upload music whenever they want. Like, even I have... I have an account on SoundCloud and I think I only have like 12 tracks, but I have zero tracks on Apple, Amazon or Spotify, right? Because on SoundCloud, you can just upload whatever you want. So when I was building Musio, I was always like, oh, they kind of are the dream customer. Like I would love to get them as a client. And then fortunately, we were able to make that happen. And we knew that the big part of the challenge was going to be the size of the catalog. Previous to the acquisition, SoundCloud were a client, not one we spoke about publicly, but one that we had for about a year and a half before the acquisition. And because really the challenge was they wanted to use the Museo tagging data on their catalog. So we figured out how to make that work to the tune of several hundred million. For anyone who doesn't know the music tech industry that well, it is a relatively high acquisition space. Um, a lot of companies do get bought and sold in, in this area. And so we always knew that it was a possibility. But what really excited me about SoundCloud was two things. It was the culture of the company. I think SoundCloud's an amazing brand, but also I just really enjoyed the people that we were working with. And then also it was that they wanted to keep the technology available in the market. And that was something that I was hopeful for. This technology is so valuable to the industry. It benefits the artist ultimately when it comes to search and discovery. If we could find a buyer that would allow us to keep selling the product in market, it meant all our existing 70 customers would not get cut off and we could keep selling this product, which would increase the value of the music industry as a whole. That was just the dream for me. And so that was a dream come true, really, because you don't see that. You don't see that with any of our competitors who've been acquired in the past. And you don't see that as standard with some of the other big companies that are doing acquisitions. They buy it to switch it off. Congratulations. I mean, it sounds like you, exactly what you were like looking for in the beginning is what ended up happening, which for a lot of entrepreneurs, sometimes it's not the case, you know, like pivoting sometimes is so important in, in entrepreneurship, but you had like an idea and you made it happen into reality to the best possible outcome. So that sounds amazing. And it also sounds like the company didn't change much. The goals of the company, the strategy and your clientele, what you were doing, the team, did it change a lot after SoundCloud bought the company? We were based in Singapore and then we moved the whole team over either to the London or the Berlin office. We were only a small team when we were acquired, about, about 15 people. Um, I think we only lost sort of one in the actual process of, of, of moving. There really was like a, a high retention and the intention was there to keep the whole team. Um, it, was just a, it was just a personal choice for each individual. Perhaps to your team for taking on the challenge though you know like moving across the continent i'm sure it's like a crazy experience so doing it with your startup it sounds like a, like a great challenge yeah i do feel a bit crazy sometimes because sometimes like i'll look at my team in the uk and i'll be like oh you all just moved here because i said we should and that, <laughs> that feels like a, a big responsibility and a little bit wild that i can just be like hey we're going to england and you know multiple people and their wives partners fiancés will all just go yeah sure let's do it um let's do it. but I, because we were in singapore and a lot of the team that we had you know we had something 
uh, like even amongst 15 people, we had eight different languages. Uh, we were a very diverse team. And so a lot of people were not from Singapore originally. Uh, we had people for obviously my co-founder was Swedish, but we had Americans, we had British, we had Russian, we had Indian. So I feel like a lot of people, if they'd, if they'd already moved to Singapore, you suggest moving somewhere else and that's slightly less of a big deal. Um, because I'm like, oh, do you want to move again? And they're like, I've done that before. Let's do sure, <laughs> let's do it. Talk to me about some of the challenges. You know, like, it sounds like you guys had a great success story, but I'm sure there was some ups and downs through the road. So I want to know, like, what, what were maybe the biggest challenges that you faced either starting out or still to this day with the technology or the team, the, the operation, of, but overall in the music industry? There's always challenges. Um, and a, a great founder friend of mine who I met through the incubator Uh, entrepreneur first uh, he was a serial entrepreneur and he gave me a great quote which has stuck with me and I've said to multiple other people which is if everything went well you wouldn't learn anything you know like imagine if like from day one if I just went oh I want to raise money and then suddenly I had money or if I said I want to get SoundCloud as a client and suddenly I had them you know if everything happened just because you wanted it to you would learn absolutely nothing you learn when it's difficult and when things don't go Um, quite correctly. And so that's that's happened multiple times. I think it's more about how you handle it and how you turn a situation to your advantage. But a specific example I can think of from, you know, right in the beginning of the company. Um, so we formed in 2018 and then we fundraised our first like 1.2 million dollars in um, December of 2018. We were pre-revenue when we raised our seed round, which I'm not sure I would do again, because there's a lot of pressure when you raise money to then start showing traction and make money. You know, a lot of the other companies that were raising money from our same cohort at the incubator already had revenue. There was way more pressure on us to get that first sale over the line than there was for other people who were already making sales. And I was like, totally no big deal. I've got three very, very interested clients. We'll probably sign one in Jan, one in March, one in July. That'll be nicely staggered over six, one every three months. And then my co-founder has got time to build all the implementations. And of course, that absolutely didn't happen. I didn't sign my first client until July. And then I signed all three of those in July within the space of about 48 hours of each other, which was like a huge relief that we were great we've got clients, that's exciting. But I tell you that first six months, that Jan to July of 2019, I don't think I've ever been under more pressure. There were points when I was just thinking, is anyone going to sign? I need proof that I can get a client. That's your sort of darkest thought. But also the pressure on when you've raised money and you've said, I'm going to sign a client in January and then it doesn't happen till July. That six months, there's, there's a lot of pressure. If you raise money from a VC, they expect to see traction and returns. That was a, you know, a time when things didn't exactly go according to plan. Sounds like It, but you got through it that's all that matters right you got through it and now you're on the other side <laughs> so <laughs> yeah that's great exactly let's talk about the future for Musio. can you tell us any new or upcoming futures that you might have where is the company headed towards in the in the in the future we've got the the core products which are the tagging and the search and we're constantly releasing improvements that you don't necessarily see uh, that are to do with stability security and speed then there's also some exciting things we have around tag that we haven't fully maximized on yet which is um, the time code package that we have that's relatively new. Um, so the ability to not only find out which are the best 30 seconds of any song, um, which is kind of great if you're looking at doing social media automation, if you're looking at doing song previews, that's really exciting if you want to know the best 30 seconds of any song in your catalog. And then we're also doing, you know, time stamping. You want to know exactly where the music comes in and, and, and stops. That can be great for DJ product. And also, you know, where exactly do the vocals start? So if you want to start to chop and, and understand the 
audio you have on an even more granular level. So we call that the time codes package. And that's uh, that's relatively, relatively new as well. So we're going to be talking about that a lot in upcoming times. I love that the time code part that you mentioned, because that has so much potential, especially now with like clips being so popular of everything and short format is like the name of the game. So like being able to, you know, find those highlights, I feel like that could be that could be something that's, that can be really successful. So I'm excited to see how that develops. Someone like you that's super engraved in like the music industry, I'm really curious to see what do you envision the future of the music industry as a whole is with tech? How do you think the music industry will adapt? Artificial intelligence is a slightly sort of misleading term for, for even what we do at Musio. Um, you know, artificial intelligence is like the sci-fi term for something that appears to be of human intelligence which isn't. Really what we're doing at Museo is much more akin and the accurate description is machine learning. We're teaching a computer uh, through pattern recognition, how to learn things, and then how to repeat that back to us. It has the appearance of being artificially intelligent, but it can't. It doesn't really know things that we haven't taught it. And I've noticed that the industry is a lot more comfortable if you talk about where the edges are. One example I always give about the Museo technology is like if you go to the demo on our website, and you drop in one of Justin Bieber's very early songs uh, from when he was about 12, 13 years old before his voice had broken, the Musio AI will tell you that it sounds like a woman singing. And that's because all the Musio technology knows is that the average generic female vocal is in this range and the average generic male vocal is in this range. And then it looks at a new song and it goes, probably this. But of course, there probably isn't a human being alive that would make that mistake. Everyone pretty much knows who Justin Bieber is, but the AI doesn't have the context. It doesn't know who he is. So I feel like when people understand a little bit more about how the technology works, that kind of takes a little bit of the fear away from it. There are some other fantastic and exciting use cases AI that I'm excited about. So there's a great company called um, AudioShake. Full disclosure, I'm also an investor and they're using AI to do uh, source separation. So the ability to take a full track and break it into its composite parts and they're seeing huge uptake in the world of uh, movie dubbing because imagine that you can just... So that's kind of really exciting technology and you do see use cases in the music industry as well. They did a cool little project that I saw with the band Green Day uh, where they've lost the original masters to the album Kaplunk. So they, they ran it through Audio Shake, got the stems, recompiled it with everything except the guitar, and then had Billy Joe Armstrong, uh, the guitarist from Green Day, play along with his old record. And I, I've, I'm a huge fan, so I saw that and I was super excited. I thought that was really cool. Companies like Unheard, also an investor, who are using AI to generate marketing recommendations for artists. Which playlist should you pitch to? Which social media ads should you run? What are the best things to do for yourself as an artist and your and your music and profile? Uh, you kind of led it to my last question, but we always like to ask our guests, <laughs> which company should we interview next? And you kind of mentioned two already. You could mention them again, but I would love to know who do you think could fit and, and who could we have a great conversation with? You should definitely chat with Jessica Powell from Audio Shake, phenomenal founder, and um, also Alex Breeze from unheard they're both awesome i mean i only do angel investing so one of the core criteria is awesome founder or co-founder um so they definitely tick that box i love it thank you so much uh, it was a pleasure talking to you i love your energy and how you made you know some some, some things that may seem complicated to people you explain them really well and and are very easy to understand. So I appreciate that a lot. And I'm, I'm really excited for everyone to hear this conversation and for the future of Museo to be as bright as possible. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. 